This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're breaking down a great week for the squash programs. Women's swimming continues to thrive, and both track and field teams were in top form this past weekend as well. We'll also talk to our Bobcats of the week, men's squash co-captain Karan Aurora, and women's alpine skier Hannah Johnson. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The men's and women's squash programs went a combined five and one this week. On Wednesday, the men defeated Colby eight to one while the women were victorious by a final score of 6-3. The women lost a tight 5-4 match against Virginia on Saturday, but the men dominated the Cavaliers by a final score of 8-1. Then, in a show of strength, both the men's and women's teams swept Connecticut College 9-0. Senior co-captain Philip Mikowski has dealt with an assortment of injuries throughout his career, but on Saturday... In his final match at the Bates Squash Center, he secured the clinching win in the victory over Conn College. It was a great experience. Uh, it's been a bumpy ride uh, since my junior year when I got injured with my back, and I've been trying to get back ever since. It's hard because when one travels, is studying abroad, you know, like there's a lot of things with insurance and everything. Like, it's pretty hard. But I worked hard and I achieved what I wanted. I'm getting back. It's not 100%, but I was happy to bring the victory today for our team. Going forward, uh, how excited are you for Nescacs? Uh, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I hope I'll get to play. I still have to play off uh, some of my other teammates uh, because it's only 11 people who travel and we are 13 all really good players and I need to you know, confirm my place back on the team. I need to win some challenge matches but hopefully I'll be able to do that and then uh, play as best as I can and have the best out of my last season here at Bates. Yeah, because it's a competition with your teammates in practice, right? What's that like? Uh, it's kind of weird because uh, you know you're on the same team but then yet you compete against each other but uh, what I came to realize throughout the years here at Bates is that like it doesn't matter if you play number one or number nine like everything counts so as long as you're able to contribute you know if the other player is better than you are no no hard feelings it's just what it is and it's great because then we're the strongest we can be as a team our male Bobcat of the week comes from the men's squash program Senior co-captain Karan Aurora played at the number three position all week and went 3-0 for the Bobcats. The Mumbai India native is our male Bobcat of the week. Well, Karan, great week for the men's squash program. Went 3-0. You went 3-0 at the number three position, which is not a position you normally play. A couple injuries here and there for other players. So what was that like for you to play, play at the number three for the last real four matches, basically? Um, yeah, it was definitely not an easy task. Uh, stepping into Darius's shoes is not uh, is definitely not the easiest thing I've done this season. Uh, Darius is arguably the best number three in the in the NESCAC, so it was definitely something that I was looking forward to and highly anticipating. But it was definitely very very difficult to do so. The team going three and zero this past week was unbelievable. We have a tough weekend coming up at NESCACs, and I think every single practice, every single match is geared up toward that Saturday night game against Middlebury. It's going to be a tough one, but going in with the momentum, especially into this week of training with those three wins under our belt against three repeatable teams, um, is definitely something we are extremely excited about. Now, you grew up in India, and when did you start playing squash, and when did you start to realize this is something I could possibly do at the next level? Probably first stepped onto the squash court when I was 
four or five years old with my dad, um, who played squash, um, as did my mom and my older sister. So squash definitely runs in the family. Um, squash back home in India is very, very different. As you can imagine, the climate is a lot uh, warmer, a lot hotter, so the courts are a lot um, faster as well. I, um, I've always loved the game. Competitively, probably started when I was nine years old and uh, never looked back. Took a small break when I was a sophomore in high school just to try and focus on my academics, but I always knew that I wanted to come to the U.S. to, to play squash and to study. My sister went to a small school in, in Pennsylvania, Franklin Marshall, actually, and she was the one who suggested Bates and um, referred me to Pat, and uh, it, was, it was Bates all the way from there. So growing up playing squash, you didn't play in air-conditioned settings then, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Uh, well, some, some facilities now um, do have a lot of um, upgrades, and the facilities are a lot nicer than they were back when I was a junior. But our federation back in India is not anywhere close to um, how strong the college setup is. So playing college squash is definitely, well, was definitely a huge change coming into it freshman year. I think the style of play is a lot different, the pace of the game is a lot different, um, and the level of, level of opposition, of course, is very different as well. So when you first came to Bates um, from India, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make besides the weather? Everyone talks <laughs> about the weather. <laughs> um, yeah, the weather was definitely a big one. <laughs> but I think for me the biggest adjustment to make was just living by myself. I think I come from, I come from an, a world where we always have the comfort of knowing we have our parents back, uh, or, or rather our parents have our back, excuse me. And um, that comfort is always... Um, it's sometimes misleading in terms of you knowing that they're there. Uh, you kind of are fearful of expressing yourself and, and, and living it by yourself. But the independence was definitely challenging, but something I've enjoyed over the last four years, I will say that as well. It's something that I've grown to love and something I'm looking forward to continuing to have after I graduate. But I think the toughest part about coming to Bates was just dealing with handling your work by yourself, handling your squash by yourself, um, taking care of yourself when you're sick or... Um, just those small things, um, and I think it's been hugely successful over the last four years. Well, also, it's it's slightly less populated here, right? <laughs> um, that, that too, definitely. Lewiston, Maine is not as populated as um, as Mumbai, India is, that's for sure. But I've always been a city boy. I've, I've grown up in Mumbai and, and love the energy. Um, it's fortunate for me, a, a lot of my close friends from back home go to schools around the U.S. as well, so I have them as as a source of support. And comfort as well. We we visit each other pretty often in neutral locations, on and off the phone with them pretty much all the time. So they're they've been a huge support system for for me and and I think me to them as well. Now you've risen up to captain now as a senior. Obviously, uh, what was that process like? Did you ever anticipate being captain when you were first year? Um, it's definitely a dream. Uh, it was definitely something I I wanted to and aspired to be as a first year. Um, I was fortunate enough and very grateful to coach and the team, of course, to be a junior captain last year as well uh, with Nabil and Andy. That was unbelievable experience. I think similar to Spencer's role um, this year as a junior captain, I was kind of just being a support system for Andy and Nabil to kind of uh, take the reins with the team and just being there wherever I could. And um, kind of stepping into senior captain position this year has been, again, a very, very different experience than it was last year just because... Um, you're the go-to person, you're the point person for coach um, with regard to being the connection between him and him and the team. I think I've had unbelievable support from both Spencer and Philip. 
Um, they've, they're absolutely fantastic leaders on and off the squash court. We've, of course, uh, not seen a lot of Philip due to injury, which is, which is a bummer, but super excited to have him back. And Spencer's just been unbelievable in that supporting role, and I have no doubt that he's going to go on to be an absolutely fantastic captain next year. And this week's going to be very interesting for the team because you have a lot of challenge matches because the rankings still aren't really set within the team for NESCAC besides, obviously, you know, the top few spots. And mm -hmm. so what's that like to, uh, you, I mean, you know you're going to play, but you don't necessarily know where, right? Absolutely. Um, and I think that's, that's the crazy thing about our team. I think the one, two, three positions are pretty much uh, cemented at, at where it's uh, currently at. But I'm playing four. I could very well be playing nine, and that's how close our team is. Uh, these guys are just unbelievable, some of the best squash players in the country, and they've come from all corners of the globe, actually. And it's fantastic to see that level of competition even in practice. We push ourselves to be better players on the squash court, and we push ourselves to be better players when those important matches come around against opposing teams. And I think the thing that's different with our team this year is that we are well aware that every single position that every person plays is of equal importance. So whether you're playing number one or whether you're playing number 12, um, the importance level is the same, and we push each other to be better players both on and off the squash court. Obviously, a lot of young players on the team as well, McLeod Abbott, the Cannon brothers. Uh, what's some of the messaging you've been trying to relay as captain about to them about what it means to be a, you know, a member of the Bait Squash program? Absolutely. The freshman class this year has been unbelievable. Um, we said it to them this weekend. The energy that they bring is just infectious. Um, it's unbelievable to see. Maybe, maybe some of the upperclassmen are not having the greatest day. Um, on, on a given training session and they'll come out with let's do this, let's do that and that's just really really amazing to see that energy and enthusiasm. All three of them are playing in the top 11 and that's I mean unheard of. I think the last time that happened was actually our freshman class uh, where all three of the incoming students or all the entire incoming class plays in the top lineup um, but the energy that they bring and the level of commitment that they have is just spectacular. I learn stuff from all three of them every day and to have them on the team is is something that we are extremely grateful for. As a senior, I know you're focused on the season right now, but what are your plans, if any, for after college at the moment? Yeah, that's that that's <laughs> that million dollar question, isn't it? Um, so the immediate plan is obviously to stay in the country and work for a few years before I uh, find my footing somewhere else with regard to maybe going to school again or uh, finding a more concrete, solid job in a field that I would want to, to be in for the rest of my life well aware of the fact that the job you have at right out of college is never is almost never the one you stay with. Um, so just want to get as much exposure as I can. I'm a psychology major, so applying to the marketing and communications fields. I uh, love being around people, so we'll see what doors open up. All right, Karan Aurora, our male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. The Alpine skiing teams finished a combined 7th out of 13 teams at the University of Vermont Carnival this past weekend. But the highlight of the weekend was the performance of the women's alpine skiing team on Saturday. The women finished third out of 13 teams in the slalom. Sophomore Hannah Johnson led the way with a combined time of 202.01 to finish eighth out of 68 competitors. This came on the heels of Johnson finishing with the best time for the Bobcats in the giant slalom on Friday as well. Hannah Johnson, our female Bobcat of the Week. Well, Hannah, obviously a great weekend for you and uh, the Alpine skiing team there at the University of Vermont Carnival. You had the best performance in both the slalom and the giant slalom. You've had a great year so far. What's been the key to making this leap here as a sophomore? I think it's just like all, been all the training we've been getting recently. Um, had some like colder temps, so we've uh, the mountain's been blowing a lot of snow, and so we've been getting some really quality training. Um, 
And we were actually, fortunately, Sunday River was, um, you know, in the start of the season, there wasn't a whole lot of snow. Um, but we were one of the resorts that were able to open. And so we got a lot of training where, like, a lot of other teams didn't. So that was really neat. You're from Incline Village, Nevada. That just sounds like a skiing town. What was it like to grow up there? Oh, it was, it was awesome. Uh, it's, it's in Lake Tahoe. Um, so, you know, we got like 10 ski resorts within an hour and it was the coolest experience ever. I, I always grew up and said like the ski resort was in my backyard because uh, it was about two minutes away from my house. And uh, it was just awesome growing up there. So you must have started skiing real young. Um, actually, so I started skiing when I was about, oh gosh, six or seven, which is a little bit later than you would for like some of my friends who started when about two years old, but yeah, um, started a little bit, got a little bit of a late start, but yeah. <laughs> I guess a late start relative to where you grew up. Yeah, yeah, actually, so I was, I was born in Hawaii, and then I moved to Lake Tahoe, um, and that's at the point when I started skiing, so yeah. Gotcha, okay, and then um, how do you decide to come all the way up here to Maine to Bates for college? Um, well, you know, surprisingly, there's only a... Um, a number of Division One um, NCAA schools, and um, a lot of the them are on the East Coast, and a lot of the ones out West, uh, they you know import a lot of their athletes from Europe, and they, they're fresh off of like the World Cup and stuff. So it's really hard to ski for teams in Utah and Colorado, um, but. Uh, I, just kind of looked at some of the New England schools and Bates seemed like a great choice so yeah. And then what have you learned so far you know taking your skiing to the next level here at, at the collegiate level what do you learn what have you been working on in the first two years here? Um, just a lot of just uh, a lot of like technical stuff um, it's it's really cool to like have I, yeah, I have been with the same coach for a while and so it's really neat having like um, some different coaches like look at my skiing and particularly Rogan it seems like we really like worked well together and he understands my skiing and he knows like exactly what I need to do in order to like kind of make the next step in my skiing so he's really been working with me a lot especially in like the giant slalom I made a big leap um, from last year so that was really cool to see and uh, yeah. We talked with Kelsey Chenoweth on the uh, on the Bobcast a few weeks back, and she mentioned that this um, six six women on the Alpine skiing team is actually the biggest team she's had um, during her time here. But it is you know relative to other teams on campus, a small team. So what's that like? Oh, it's really cool. It's it's rad. Um, we're all like so close, and uh, this year we have like a really sweet team. Um, yeah, it's it's cool because we spend so much time together, and but the team dynamic is so good this year, and everybody gets along really well. And I'm I'm really excited for like the potential of our team, the girls' team. We actually for the UVM Carnival, we ended up getting third overall as a girls' team, and that was so exciting because um, that's I think the, the best like the girls' team has done in a really long time and it's, it's so exciting to have like a really competitive group of girls and it's a young team right yeah we're all really young we don't have any seniors on our team uh, Kelsey Chenoweth is our captain she's a junior and she's the oldest and then we got some sophomores and freshmen so. and then for you personally what are some of your goals moving forward in this season um really I'm just kind of working on my technique and um just kind of taking it race by race and for me I think the biggest thing is sometimes I like to like psych myself out for races because I'm like okay well if I do well at this race this will qualify me for this and this so I'm just trying to kind of you know focus on my skiing and not really the result and just yeah just working 
Working hard. Well, talk with uh, a couple other skiers about this for, for Alpine. You know, there's a lot of pressure on that second run. Like, if you complete a good first run, it won't matter unless you complete the second run, right? So how do you deal with that? Oh, yeah. Story of my life. <laughs> it's always a it's always a one, you know, it's always like one good run. And then it's second run, you either like crash or disqualify or something happens. And it's, <laughs> oh, gosh, I could tell you I would love for this sport to be a one run race sometimes. But you got to put two together. And that's that's been definitely a challenge for a lot of a lot of our girls and myself included um but yeah it's it's hard <laughs> now this weekend the alpine skiing team's not in action but the norwich skiing team's going to that same university of vermont carnival how closely will you be following that oh really close yeah so like the nordic team i um yeah, so they score points for Bates as well. And so, like, the two ski teams, we're always, like, following each other's results really closely. And um, so we're rooting them on and wishing them the best. And hopefully they'll be able to score some points for us. And, yeah, that'll be awesome. Did you ever do any Nordic skiing growing up or no? No, I have I have yet to do that. I've <laughs> always skied downhills, not up them. But I it, truly admire, like, their endurance and everything. Yeah. All right, Hannah, thanks so much, and congrats on being our female Bobcat of the Week. Thank you. Moving to track and field, the women's team competed in Boston University's John Thomas Terrier Classic on Friday. Junior Allison Hill ran a career-best 26.03 second 200-meter dash, moving into fifth on Bates' all-time performance list in the event. Another highlight was Junior Jessica Wilson's performance in the mile. She finished in 507.45, good for a personal best, and an 8th place spot on Bates' all-time performance list. Then on Saturday, the women's team competed in the University of Southern Maine Invitational and finished second out of nine teams, despite not having the services of the athletes who competed in the Terrier Classic the previous day. Highlights included sophomore Catherine Cook winning the mile for the second meet in a row, senior captain Elena Schroeder winning the 600-meter run, and sophomore Julia Nemi winning the 800 meters. Bates showed they can run and jump as well, with first-year Shelby Burns winning the high jump and sophomore Sally Cisse winning the triple jump. The men's team also split up this weekend, heading to both the Terrier Classic and the USM Invitational. At the Terrier Classic, three Bates athletes set personal bests, including senior Alan Summerall, who moved into fourth place on Bates' all-time performance list in the 5,000 meters, finishing in 1435.84, the best time for a Bates student-athlete in the event in more than 10 years. We caught up with the New Mexico native. What's the transition been like for you from cross-country to the indoor track season so far? It's been pretty smooth, I guess. After, after cross-country, I took probably a week and a half, two weeks, maybe three weeks of just pretty easy running. I didn't take any serious time off, but the mileage dropped significantly um wasn't doing any workouts no long runs no no doubles just just like you know five to six miles a day instead of sometimes twice that which is which is what i i would do in season then the mileage would bump back up and then over winter break i introduced some more aerobic workouts into into my routine and some some long runs and then when i got back to campus got back more into kind of the faster up tempo some some easy track intervals and so it's been a it's been a pretty smooth smooth transition overall. It's been pretty much exactly what, what I expected, and the whole team has been doing pretty similar stuff, so it's been working out well for all of us. Now, this past weekend, you went to the Terrier Classic there at Boston University and competed against other Division One athletes. What was that experience like? Um, it was it was a uh, it was fun actually. It was I think the probably second or third time I'd run against Division One athletes. The only other time 
uh, we really do that uh, is well a few times during track like this but then also during during cross country at the Paul Short Invitational um, so I had I had physically competed against Division One athletes before, but this was this was my first time uh, doing it on like a kind of more intimate scale, where I was actually racing them instead of in a huge cross country race where they tend to be farther farther ahead of me. Um, but this is this is my first time where I was actually competitive with some some good D1 athletes. What's for you? I mean, because uh, indoor track and field meets a little chaotic, and there's so much stuff going on at once, whereas. Cross country is kind of more of a, a not laid back. Obviously, it's very difficult, but it's a different environment. What's the environment been like? I mean, indoor track is, it seems a bit more impersonal, actually, uh, because cross country, you go to a meet and there's just one race, or I guess two races, because women's and then the men go. Uh, but for track, there are dozens and dozens of, of races going on. I remember being kind of amused when I when I first arrived at, at BU on Saturday. It was my first time at, at at the track, I remember uh, we arrived when the miles were happening. The mile, like one heat, would go, and then no more than 15 seconds after the last person crossed the line, the gun would go off for the next heat because um, they were just going through the heats as quickly as they could because there were some, there were like 15 or 20 heats in the mile. Um, the same for like the 800, and the same for the 3K. Uh, there's hundreds and hundreds of runners, and so it's con- it's like a massive organizational nightmare. I'm glad I'm not the one that has to do that. But um, it is—it's—it's it's a crazy atmosphere, but it's also like very invigorating at the same time. You finished fourth on Bates' all-time performance list in, in your performance in the 5,000 meter. You also ran a very good mile run a previous meet before that. Um, I know D-Ray was talking about how impressed he was with you. Uh, so, what's your, like your favorite event so far on indoor track? What are you think looking to target at, as something you want to possibly compete, you know, at the national level at? I mean, the 5K is definitely going to be my my main event for indoor. That's that's my most competitive event because I'm just naturally built to be more of a long distance guy. Um, like the mile was very painful because it was so fast. I hadn't done any training f- targeted towards the mile. Uh, the training I've been doing over winter break and the training I've been doing for the past three weeks while I've been on campus has been more focused towards the 5K and, if anything, almost like. 10k type training because I've been trying to maintain my aerobic base so I'm able to uh, continue running well through all the way through outdoor season and can't it's it's much harder to do that if you don't maintain your aerobic base so the training I've been doing has been definitely focused towards the longer distance stuff and the mile I ran last week uh, was very painful just because my legs hadn't hadn't really run that pace and so I felt fine through the first like half mile but then with two laps to go suddenly my legs got very lactic um, and my body started locking up just because I hadn't I hadn't run that pace for that long ever before so I'm, I'm frankly very surprised I was able to run a 422 mile off of 5k 10k like aerobic base training um, but yeah I mean it's 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 definitely fun getting in all these different types of events because running like running the mile and running the 3k like I did the week before all helped me in the 5k because the mile itself I I definitely used it um, both as a race but also as a workout um, because then I get like a hard effort in and it, and it helps me um, target that sort of that that last mile of the 5k. Other highlights from Saturday for the men's team include senior co-captain Nick Margetza setting a personal best in the shot port of 54-6. He exceeded his previous personal best by nearly a foot. 
Junior co-captain Patrick Griffin ran the third fastest 800 meters in program history, clocking in at 153.66. Meanwhile, the Bates men finished second out of eight teams at the Southern Maine Invitational. As usual, you can find all the track and field results from the weekend on our website, athletics.bates.edu. The women's swimming and diving team defeated Wellesley and Connecticut College on Saturday to finish the head-to-head season undefeated at 7-0. The men fell to Conn College but still finished the season at an impressive 5-1. 11-time All-American Sarah DeHare won three races herself, and we caught up with DeHare to check in on the women's program. Sarah, um, this past week, a tri-meet for the women's team at least. What was that like for you all? It was pretty exciting. I think it was definitely our closest meet we've had this entire season, and we knew that coming in to this past weekend, and so I think we really had to be up mentally and physically in order to swim fast and to get points where we needed to, to win races where we needed to, get touchouts, and so those kinds of things we were kind of looking to succeed in this weekend, and so I think we did a really good job at that. You yourself won three uh, races individually. Are these races you're also going to be swimming at NESCACs or no? I'll definitely be swimming the 2 am and the 2-back. I will be swimming the 4 am at NESCACs as of now. Um, however, um, the 2-free was like a good chance for me um, to practice in terms of the 8-free relay, which is also on the same day as the 4 am. So it gave me a good chance to, to kind of practice being really tired and preparing for race after race, especially being so physically and mentally exhausted. The main state invite coming up this weekend at Tarbell Pool. What are some of your goals for this event? I kind of look at that as just kind of like a warm-up to, to NESCACs. And so I, I normally swim one or two events, and it's normally events that I don't normally swim in season. So I might throw like a 100 breaststroke in there or maybe a 100 fly. Um, I try not to swim anything that I'll be swimming the week after just because I like to be like fresh and prepared and excited to swim them rather than being super tired. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking to do this weekend. And in swimming, you can look at other teams' times and kind of see how you match up. Yeah. Have you looked at the other teams in the NESCAC times at all? I, I try not to just because, I don't know, for me it kind of freaks me out. And, and I like to just kind of go in with the focus like, hey, I'm I'm racing myself to a certain extent because it is a timed sport. And so I, I definitely like know like where other people are just because of like what coach has said or what other people have said. Um, but I try not to focus too much on that, um, especially because you never know what happens. Certain people taper different um, differently and some people t- taper well, some people don't. And it also depends on who's rested at the meet. There are definitely going to be some athletes especially on the Amherst and Williams teams that that aren't rested because NCAAs is their main focus. So times and places definitely vary. Um, And so I I try not to worry about what's happened in the past and just try to worry about what's going to happen in the future. Both basketball teams fell to Tufts on Saturday. The women's team went toe-to-toe with the Jumbos through three quarters, outscoring the ninth-ranked Jumbos 14-5 in the third to tie the game at 47. But... Tufts pulled away in the fourth quarter to prevail 68-53. The men fell on the road to the Jumbos by a score of 90-75. However, one big bright spot was first-year Nick Lynch. Lynch was named Maine Rookie of the Week for his career-high eight points on four of seven shooting and four rebounds in only 11 minutes of action. Well, I think that as the season goes on, I've definitely improved, especially playing with against Malcolm and Marcus every day and in practice just enormously shocks me going in. So I think I've learned to adapt, and I think that's the reason why I've improved and seen more minutes there, and it's working out. I know before the season at Midnight Madness, you impressed everybody in the dunk contest. Uh, when did you first, when were you first able to dunk? Um, do you remember? Um, yeah, I was able to dunk the summer of my freshman year. 
so so a little while ago, but it was it was a uh, it was a good moment, and ever since then I never looked back. Have you got a chance to do it in a game yet? Not yet. <laughs> Soon, I, I'm gonna get one. Waiting for the right opportunity. Now you mentioned you touched on going up against Del Pesce's every day in practice. How has that helped you improve your game? Um, well, if, if you know the Del Pesce's, you know they're crazy athletic. So basically, you, you can't you can't have a shot and expect it to get up, and and if it's not a good shot, it'll suddenly get blocked. So you basically have to adapt, and by doing that, basically. Um, you're prepared for any defender, so I think really that's helpful for me. I know the Tusk game overall, a rough one for you guys, but you obviously had a great performance, so what was really clicking for you in that particular game? For the most part, I hit the outside shots that worked out for me. That's, that's really about it. I, I saw the open man, Pileski kind of gave me open shots, and I, I took advantage. So you're looking to expand your range a little bit then also? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm stepping out for the three, but... <laughs> I would say yeah, I'll, I'll go anywhere before that for the most part. Sure. Now, now you're a first year, so what uh, prompted you to decide to come to Bates? What decided me to come to Bates? Well, um, first of all, Coach Furbush, uh, just a great guy and really, really saw something in me. And obviously, uh, I saw it too. So that's what helped me out. Um, my brother actually went to Middlebury. So uh, I was familiar with the NESCAC basketball play, and Bates, obviously, I toured. Stayed over with Mike Bornazian, who uh, showed me a really good night, and I, I said, best, best option for me, I had to do it. Yeah, what's it like playing in an alumni gym? Kind of a unique uh, atmosphere there, right? Oh, yeah, crazy. Um, the fans just, it's nuts. It's hot in there, and it's just, it's insane. One more road game on Tuesday, and then you're back home, finally. And so how happy is everyone to be back home Friday? Oh, we're ecstatic. Absolutely looking forward to that. That's going to be, it's going to be nuts. Uh, everyone better come out. Make sure you are at Alumni Gym this Friday at 7 o'clock as the men's basketball team takes on Amherst. Then come support the Bobcats on Saturday as well when Bates takes on Trinity at 3 o'clock. It's also a big weekend for the squash and track and field programs. Both squash teams head to the NESCAC championships, while track and field looks to win the main state title. It's Nordic Skeen's turn to compete in the UVM Carnival, and women's basketball visits Amherst on Friday and Trinity on Saturday. Meanwhile, the swimming and diving programs have their final tune-up before NESCACs as they host the main event Invitational Saturday morning at 10 a.m. We'll recap it all next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bye. 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 Bye.